now it's time for On the Couch with our resident psychologist Jane Enter, exploring life and caring for our mental and spiritual well-being on Bay FM 99.9. Welcome to our regular On the Couch segment with resident psychologist Jane Enter, based at First Light Healthcare, Byron Bay. Today we're talking about Well, a new word for most of us, liminality, which is a condition of our time. Let me explain. It's the experience of living with uncertainty, the unknown, and the realisation that life as we used to know it will never be the same again. Sound familiar? It's something we're all struggling with. And Jane Enter is here to help us unpack it all. Great to speak with you again, Jane. You too, Fern. Thanks for having me back. Tell us more about what this word means, Jane. You and I came across it only very recently, and I'm sure it's a new word for most people listening, but uh, it's actually a field of study, isn't it? It is. It's an architectural space, like a physical space, like an airport a hallway, a doorway. They're spaces that you pass through, liminal space architecturally, but they're not meant to be lived or existed in because actually they're uncomfortable. And in psychological terms, they're spaces between leaving and arriving, and they can be profound spaces of transition, and they can be very scary places where you feel lost and uncertain. Okay, give us some everyday examples. Okay, you go to the doctor, you're not feeling well, you have a lump. You have to go and get an ultrasound, etc., and you're waiting for your diagnosis. That's a liminal space. Mm. You do an exam. You know that that result is going to determine whether you go on to do masters or honours or leave university. That liminal space while you wait for the result is the uncertain space between knowing and arriving. Mm. And then there's even more extreme cases of say uh, families of missing persons. Yes and uh, you know when you think about Theo Hayes that family they do not know what has happened to their son. And they're in a liminal space where they can't completely say our son has died. They cannot completely say he's alive. It's a liminal space where they don't know. And it's a very uncomfortable Mm. place. It must be horrendous, that particular situation. In general, why is it that humans yearn certainty so much? Look... I really want to say this, that certainty is a myth. Melbourne, earthquake. Us, January 2019-20, no idea we were going to have a pandemic. I could leave here now and be run over or drop dead in the street of a heart attack. So certainty is in fact an illusion. But... We need to be able to structure our lives around predictables because it makes us feel safe. You know, we like to know that when we wake up in the morning, we have a routine. It holds and structures our lives. 
And when we lose structure or we lose what we think is certainty, we get very uncomfortable and scared. It's a myth, yet we yearn it so much. And it affects everything we do, doesn't it? It explains why we turn to things like religion and philosophies and cults and alternative theories, which we're hearing lots of. Uh, for the current uh, pandemic and even science. Lots of us turn to science. This need to find a way to make sense of life. Yes, and to know. We like to know because we think if we know, we can be prepared and we'll have everything handled. It's the not knowing and the uncertainty that makes us anxious and worried and we feel sometimes very lost in those spaces. Mm. So let's relate this concept to what we're collectively going through right now, Jane, this ongoing pandemic. How is it showing up? In increased anxiety, in people drinking more, using more substances, trying to regain control by amping up eating disorders, trying to uh, keep control of very small things. They can't plan for holidays or trips because we can go into lockdown at any moment. So people are trying to maintain some form of structure and manage difficult, anxious feelings in helpful and not so helpful ways. There's also loss of uh, rituals, very important rituals. Yes, there are. We've lost, you know, the rituals at the moment of being able to gather to say goodbye to family who've died, to be able to gather to have, you know, ritual birthdays that are important, to mark the passing of time and punctuate our existence. We are losing that at the moment. And that leaves us like free-floating balloons. We're not sure where to tie ourselves to. And that includes students and graduation. Uh, It includes grandparents who haven't been able to cuddle their grandchildren. Yeah, it's, it's... it's like their their lives just feel like this space of uncertainty and without definition. Those rituals like graduation, think of the year 12s, being able to graduate, have their formals, to mark and end one stage of life before they begin another, to see your first or second or third grandchild, to know that the life continues. Mm. We don't have that at the moment, so it all feels a bit uncertain and a bit unclear, and that is not a space we as human beings like to exist in. What what effect is that having on us? Well, I think it makes us question things, it puts us into existential angst, it makes us sad, it makes us worried, what is our world going to look like, who are we going to be, will I see my grandchild, will I have missed out on certain steps. There's a feeling of, of this sort of vastness that feels that we're in it, but we have no punctuation to define it. So we lose definition. And this pandemic, I guess politicians and our leaders aren't helping the situation by always trying to speak with certainty about things that they really don't know a great deal about and to try and come across strong and on top of things. That actually isn't helping, is it? No, I think it makes them appear untrustable 
and it makes them appear devious because we are in a stage now where we don't know. We don't know what mutation of the virus will come. We don't know everything that we need to know to manage the situation. And it would be much better if politicians just said, look, this is what we know so far. This is why we're doing this and we don't know for certain what's going to happen. If people were honest and were able to say we don't know but we're working on it and we're trying to gather information, it would be a much more trustable and reassuring message than the certainty that then proves not to be the certainty, which then raises doubt and fear in people. And how is it impacting all of this on people's actual health? Look, at a biological level, these kind of spaces put us into stress and distress. And that increases from a physiological view, the production of adrenaline, cortisol, stress hormones. It gets us anxious, it raises our blood pressure, it makes us not sleep as well, we get more worried, we feel a little bit more despairing because we can't control things. And that has flow-on effects to relationships, to work, to identity of self, to how we navigate the day, how we manage our moods. It has multiple cascade effects on our health. Okay, we've been diagnosing the problem. Let's spend the rest of our time now looking at what we can actually do. Some of the ways we can learn to come to terms with all of this and learn to accept and live with uncertainty, with unknowing. How can we begin? Look, I think if one can see this as a profound and sacred space. So I'd like to give an example here. When people get divorced, they've been identified in their relationship as a parent, a partner, a member of a family unit. When divorce happens, not only do they lose the relationship, they lose the family unit and they lose part of their identity. Mm. Now, this is a liminal space. And you can see this as a transition to learn from that, to become a better partner in the future, to refine how you do parenting, to do things better. Or you can go to the pub and drink and be miserable. So you have choices in these transitional spaces and you need support because they are scary and they do make us question, but they can be tremendous opportunities for growth and change, introspection, exploring the inner landscape of your heart and doing your life more consciously and better. Not easy for many of us. How do you actually do that with somebody in the example that you just cited? Well, I think first of all you need to acknowledge I have lost more than just my partner. I have lost an identity, an aspect of myself. I feel like a free-floating balloon. I do not know where to tie myself to. And then you go inside yourself and say, well, who am I? What are my values? What do I stand for? And one of the wonderful exercises one can do for this is to imagine a significant birthday. 
So if you're 55, you imagine your 60th birthday. What do I want for that 60th? What do I want to celebrate? Who do I want to make speeches about me? What do I want to hear back about myself? That will help you refine your values. And if you then try and live your life according to your values, you will find meaning and purpose and navigate uncertainty well because your values, although they change and refine, they are very important to guide your life. And in terms of the pandemic, to manage this great uncertainty individually and collectively, we need to reflect on how we receive information, it would seem to me, uh, trusted sources. Is that a good place to start? Yes, and you know, this is going to open the great debate about some people's trusted sources are more trusted than someone else's. So I think you have to try and you know fact check your sources you have to see if they're logical and rational you have to look at things more deeply and not accept things at face value I know that I sent you a um, beautiful uh, article by a psychologist a few weeks ago who gave wonderful advice on how to manage this liminal space we are all in and one of the things was structure and routine If you have a structure and routine, it holds you. It helps you get up in the morning. It helps you manage your day. It helps you find meaning and purpose to your existence. And we can create our own structures and routines that are meaningful and important to us. Some people get up every morning. They do salute to the suns. They meditate. They have a gratitude list where they look out at the ocean or the sea if they're lucky enough to live close by. And they see the beauty of nature. Some people go for a run in the morning and they feel fit and in their bodies and that helps manage their day. And some people need a gentle start to the day, drinking a cup of coffee, waking up slowly. But if we make a structure and a routine that's meaningful for us, that provides some level of certainty to uncertain times. We mentioned trusted sources People struggling to understand what's going on, what other advice have you got for them? Is to talk to people they trust, to have an open mind and to be curious, to not close your heart or refuse to contemplate and consider alternatives, to think through things in a reasoned and analytical way. To admit when you don't know or you're uncertain, there's nothing wrong with that. Who knows everything for certain? I know nobody who does. To go and look at at different um, articles, trusted journalists, people that you um, have faith that they know what they're talking about. And to take that in, and I think, again, to bring that back to your values. Most of us have values of kindness and care for other people, and we um, want to be in harmony. Looking at those things and coming back to trying to live your life in accordance with that. And how are you working through all of this with people who come to you who, is, who are very suspicious? 
and deep down those rabbit holes is to really understand, as I've said, I think, before, why they're in the rabbit hole, what's caused them to go down, what they're scared of, what they think will be lost, what they think will happen, and talk them through it in a way that calms their fears and helps them make sense and shape what they're going through so they can integrate it and feel like they have a way to navigate themselves out of that rabbit Mm. hole. There's no roadmap. We are actually developing the roadmap. Absolutely. And when you think about it, for any major experience in life, there isn't a roadmap. You have uncertainty and fear and you talk to other people and you ask questions and you take bits of information and you integrate it and you work out how you're going to navigate your way through things. So back to liminal spaces can provide breathing room to learn to live with uncertainty and overcome what scares us which puts us in a completely different space more present to the reality of the here and now which can only help us in so many ways is that right yes and and if you think about how often really in small little parts of our life that we are in liminal spaces that place between you know waking where you're just coming out of your sleep and you, you're sort of semi-conscious, that's a liminal space. Just as you're about to drop off to sleep, that's a liminal space. When you're transitioning between, you know, one life stage, midlife crisis, getting older, prepubescence, adolescence, we, we'd been here before and we've managed it. We had guides, we had mentors, hopefully we had great support. And if we were supportive of each other and, you know, united to help each other navigate this in caring and constructive ways, it would be so much better and more helpful for us. Last bit of advice for people really struggling with accepting that unknowing. It's easy to say, but to fully, like, accept that and get to a a point of being at ease with that it's not easy is it no and this is where I do like Buddhism why because it teaches us really that nothing is certain nothing is permanent and if you can just be present to this moment to this moment that I'm talking to you to that moment when I'm making my tea in the morning and boiling the kettle If you can just be present and see everything is okay in this moment, those little moments build. And of course, every now and then you draw in your breath and say, oh my God, I do not know what's going on and I feel scared. And if you can bring awareness, yes, I'm feeling scared because I'm not certain and that's okay. I am uncertain, I don't know, and that's all right. Mm. But what I do know is that my dog is in the room, that I'm here talking to you. These moments of being absolutely present to the present, those are the moments that help navigate these difficult times. Mm. Liminal space can be an absolute wonderful thing. Think about an airport, although that's probably a distant memory for us at the moment. You're in this place where you've left where you've come from and you're about to go to somewhere new. And you're not meant to exist in the airport, but it's that catalyst to the new place. 
And if you think about therapy, you arrive in one state and hopefully you leave in another. And there's change and growth. And liminal spaces, if you can see their um, profound magic, can be the space where you make great changes, become more self-aware, you do your life with a little more insight and positivity or awareness or more informed than you were. It can be a state of growth and, and wonder. So it can be a real gift. Yes, it can be a real gift because I think Joseph Campbell talks about the profane spaces which are everyday things like you go to work and you do this and you do that and then the sacred spaces or the liminal spaces in a way where you have to go in and introspect and discuss and discover the relationship you have to yourself, the world, your life, nature. There can be incredible insight and growth in a liminal space if you can see it as a transition and not that you're stuck and a great place to end we will return to devote a whole episode to the opportunities from all of this how this tiny virus has made us all stop and reflect on the way we're living our lives and conducting ourselves on this planet could it be a catalyst for a major shift in life as, well, we think we still know it. Remember, it's okay not to know with certainty. Great to speak with you once again, Jane. Thank you very much. Thanks, Fern.